Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring expert. And it is my goal to bring you people each week that are gonna help you either in your current situation at work or if you're looking for a new job. They all have tips and tricks. Be sure to check back through our history to see if there's topics there that interest you because we have covered a lot in the time that we have been doing this podcast. So let's go ahead and get started today. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Mark Cameras, consultant, author, speaker, and executive coach. Mark helps upper-level managers and business owners develop leadership skills and build organizational alliances. He's also assisted over 500 individuals internationally and domestically find and start franchise opportunities through his consulting company, Envision Consulting. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Casey. Awesome, awesome. So if I could get that turned down just a hair, that would be awesome. Thank you. So Mark, thanks for being here today. So I love to start off the show with the same question, okay? I start with the same question, I end with the same questions. We like to keep it like bookended, okay? So do you remember how you and I got connected? Yeah, we have a mutual acquaintance, Frank Agan, who um, you must have been talking to and he shared with you a little bit about me, you reached out. And uh, we had a conversation maybe about uh, six weeks ago or something like that. I think that sounds about right. You know, it's so interesting. Frank Egan gets a lot of press on this show because he is the ultimate networker, which is why I asked that question to show the importance of, you know, talking to everyone you meet, but also introducing people to each other because you never know when you're going to want to talk to that person or they may have something that some service that you need. Absolutely. And, you know, when I think about working as a recruiter, right, one of the things that uh, I coach my franchise owners is always be in hiring mode, mm -hmm. which means whenever you're meeting somebody in any place, right, you could do a quick evaluation and say, would I want that person working for me one day? Or would I want that person working for me now? And if so, I'm going to give them a card. I'm going to let them know what a pleasure it was to connect with them. And I'm going to get their information. So if at some point in time, I need a new employee or need some help with something, I've got a Rolodex of people that I can connect with. You know, and I, so kids these days probably don't even know what a Rolodex is. But, you know, <laughs> so basically this is your contacts in your phone. <laughs> That's right. Contacts in your phone. There you go. Interesting. Okay. So Mark, you have a very impressive background and have succeeded greatly through the years. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what brought you to do what you do today. Okay. So I'd like to say that my circumstances that brought me to where I am today have a lot to do with serendipity. 
and circumstances and family as opposed to having a set idea of where my career path would go. Um, part of it was while I was getting my master's degree um, back east, I had a professor at the Kennedy School who recommended that unlike most of my colleagues that were finishing their master's programs and going to work with organizations like the World Bank or the Agency for Education Development, that I should go get my PhD. And I really admired this person. So I said, okay, I'm going to do what he says. And I wound up moving to California, or I should say moving back because that's where origi I'm originally from. What I didn't know at the time was that my brother-in-law, as I got married a year after I was here, my brother-in-law had always wanted to move to California. And so I was thinking, I'm going to get my PhD. I'm going to go back to Washington. I'm going to go work in one of these very large organizations or agencies and do development work in the developing world and help communities and, you know, make a difference in terms of education and health. So a year after I started my PhD, my brother and sister-in-law moved to California and my wife looked at me and said, well, there's no reason for us to go back to DC. So I then had the rest of my PhD to determine what it was I was going to do when I finished my degree, <laughs> since my career was in DC and the kind of development work that happens there is not what you would actually do in San Diego. So um, I'm a trained developmental psychologist and I focused on youth leadership and I focused on the development of expertise. So as young people, 18 through 24, right, are developing a set of skills, how do they get really good at certain things? And for those who are interested in leadership roles, what do they need to do or bring to the table that could help them become effective in their careers? Um, as I was finishing school, I was teaching at a number of different universities, what we would call a freeway flyer, and wound up getting some work with an organization development firm who, so someone who had a company doing executive coaching and OD consulting, and I loved it. And I went to spend some time with people in the area. And I found out that most of the executive coaches and OD consultants in San Diego spend at least two to three weeks a month outside of San Diego. At the time I had two young boys. I had been on what I call the three, two schedule with my wife, where I was home during the day, three days a week, she two days a week. And then I worked afternoons and nights, and I didn't want to spend all of my time traveling for work. So I wound up taking a job at UC Irvine, spent a year there before one of the California recessions had me in a, in a last one in, first one out, um, I was let go. And I wound up connecting with some people, and together we resurrected an HR consulting and outsourcing company. Okay. And so I started working in the HR field, providing small business owners with HR resources and focused on the operation side of the business. So managing the HR consultants, working on sales and development for business and doing that. During that time, the woman that I had worked for who had gone on sabbatical, which is in part why I took this job at UC Irvine, came back and told me about an opening at the Center for Creative Leadership, which is one of the world's largest executive leadership development organizations. Been around since 1919 and started by the Vicks family. So they're based in North Carolina and have offices around the globe. 
I got certified as an executive coach and I thought to myself, this is great. I've got HR consultants who can manage the day to day. I could help the business owner with their management, and their leadership. And I wound up having my first and third client, right? Share with me something that made me say, when you figure out what it is that you would like to do, let me know, I can help you grow that business. I had a corporate exec who was 63 and he said, Mark, I appreciate my company giving me an opportunity to learn leadership, but I'm done with the corporate world and I wanna be my own boss. My third client says to me, uh, my wife has finished for the most part, the heavy lifting at raising our teenage children. They're 17 and 15. She wants to get back into the workforce, but she doesn't want to work for somebody. And I said, great. When she figures out what she wants to do, let me know. I can help her grow. Shortly after that, I'm at a business networking event, doing the things that you talked about at the beginning of your show and that Frank so, so readily promotes. And I met a guy who told me what he did. He said, I help people who are in transition right? Find a business to own. And I said, wow, that's right. Smack in the middle of me, right? Having an HR outsourcing business and helping people grow and helping them with their career development as they move up in an organization into leadership positions, right? For those that don't want to do that, don't want to track into the C-suite, what are their options? Well, apparently some of them want to be their own boss. So I said, okay, I'm going to go check out that world of work. I did. I decided, you know what? I'm going to do that. And in part, it was because the HR business, there were three partners. And as I tell people, partnerships rarely last for the long haul. And our partnership had some problems because two of us were doing most of the work. One of us was doing most of the interfering. And eventually the two of us decided that we would leave the third partner on ways and do our own careers. And by then I had already built a practice where I was helping people that were in transition, right? Looking for business opportunities. And I was working for this large executive leadership uh, company, helping execs be more effective as leaders. And since then combined the two, worked on a book to help combine those two, which is to provide small business owners with some of the tools and skills that large companies provide their leadership teams. And then have since created a uh, online coaching program for small business owners to give them some insight into successful CEOs and how they think, therefore how they should act and how they should run their business. Here we are. That is a lot, <laughs> a lot of little twists and turns in your career right there. So, but I want to kind of switch the topic because when you and I first chatted, you know, we discussed some of your workplace research, specifically the fact that a large number of people today, you know, will quit their job and they do so because they don't get along with their manager. And you mentioned a very interesting concept to me called managing up. And I would love, you know, how can these individuals improve their situation without having to quit their job? Okay. Well, one of the first things that, you know, you have to recognize in order to be able to manage up, right? Which is to have conversations with your boss is you need courage. Mm. If you don't have courage, you're not gonna have that conversation. Now, it's one question to ask, how do people without courage get courage? It's another thing to say, okay, you've got courage. How do you manage that conversation, right? 
And it starts by understanding what your boss's expectations are and understanding what success looks like in the job. If you know what your boss's expectations are and you believe you can meet those expectations, you're all good. If you know what success looks like in the job and you believe either on your own or with some assistance, you can meet or exceed those expectations and have the success, you're all good. What typically happens is employers do a very bad job of conveying their expectations and what success looks like. And employees do a very poor job at finding out what their expectations are so that they could work towards those expectations. So again, if you're an employee who's really struggling, ask yourself, how clear are you on what your boss expects from you? How clear are you on your job description and how you're performing to that job description? How clear are you in what success looks like? Those are the things I'd share. I love that. So let's say that we have decided, so I, I've tried the managing up, it's not, it didn't work, right? And so I've decided I'm gonna quit and I've gotta go find another job. I don't want to be in that same situation again, right? Where I'm having to manage up with a boss that I don't like. So what are some things that I could look for when it comes to my next manager that, you know, what kind of research can I do? Okay. I think there's two kinds of research. One is the kind that you do inside, right? What is it about a, a job, a position, a company, et cetera, that would make me happy, right? Maybe I want to be in marketing, right? And if I'm doing marketing, I'm going to be happy. But if I'm stuck in customer service, I'm not, right? So it's understanding what it is that you want out of that job, understanding your why, mm. right? What is it that you want to accomplish in your life, big picture and small picture in the next year or two or three? And be really clear on that. Why? Because you're going to start looking for opportunities, mm -hmm. right? That are a match for what it is that you would most like to do. So there's some internal work. In terms of the external work, in terms of the research, right? You look for companies, right? That are of interest and you look for companies that have opportunities in those areas that you're interested in. Now, you might look on some websites and get some ideas of pay. You might look on some websites and get ideas of employee satisfaction like Glassdoor, right? There are ways to see the degree to which people that are in the organizations are happy and the degree to which they're not. Question is, what makes one person happy mm -hmm. and another person unhappy? That's really tough to figure out until you actually get an interview. And when you start to talk to people in the company, right, that's where you really do have an opportunity to explore the degree to which you and the company are connected. And what is it you need to be connected around? Well, first and foremost, your values, yep. right? Does the company have similar values to you? And if they don't, can you support those values 110%? The other thing that you can do is ask, right, during an interview, well, what's the purpose or the mission of the company? What are they trying to accomplish and why? Again, if it resonates, you're likely to have a good fit. If it doesn't resonate at all, you're less likely to have a good fit. And so you can get some ideas of the goodness of fit before you're ever hired. 
And I would also encourage people that are doing the interviews, right? To take advantage of as many interviews as possible. A lot of people think like, oh my God, I gotta talk to five people in this organization in order to get the damn job. That's a gift. Mm -hmm. That's five perspectives on values and on mission and purpose, right? The more people you talk to, the more you'll get a sense of like, yeah, I could fit in. I could be like some of these other people, right? Because we think similarly, we want similar things in life and we value the same kinds of things. Absolutely. And I, and I love that you just said that um, about, you know, that being a gift. Unfortunately, what we're seeing right now is that companies that drag out the hiring process just because of the way the market is right now with the labor shortages, they are losing candidates right and left, right and left. It's crazy out there right now. There's an assumption there, right? Which means that if they're going to have five people that you're going to talk to, right, they have to set up five calls right, over a week period of time mm -hmm. or a two-week period of time. That's not true. You can sit three people in one, one room or one Zoom call and say, we're going to connect you with all these people. You're going to ask the same question, right? Sort of like you're dating, right? You can put five people in the same room, right? You can say, and again, I'm using the example based on the age we live in. We're going to go do a Zoom lunch. Yeah. And there's going to be five people, and we're going to have lunch together on Zoom, and you're going to talk to all five of those people. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean one person every three days over a six week period of time. Absolutely. And, and that's kind of the point I wanted to get across is that, you know, there is a speed to hire right now is so important to and candidates are getting multiple, multiple offers. You know, they they have a choice. And so it's not just about them selling themselves to you, Mr. Company. It's about Mr. Company selling their core values and making sure that that really comes to light. So I like what you said about it being a gift if you get to meet more people at the company and, and really see if everybody kind of has the same idea about what those core values are with the company, right? And so based on that conversation, just very quickly, I want to know, um, you know, if we look at the other side of the working relationship and you look at the manager who maybe is not happy with their employee, but it's, again, going back to the fact it's so hard to hire right now, they probably don't want to just cut that employee because it's going to cost them in production. So what are some steps the employer could take to mitigate that relationship a little bit and help that bring that employee back into the fold? I want to expand around something that you just said and include what you're asking, okay? okay? In this day and age, employers need to be attractive, right? They need to get people to want to work for them, okay? Which means how they put their job ads out, how they go through the hiring process, right? Has to be different than it used to be, yes. right? Because they have to look sexy, they've got to be attractive, yes. they've got to be someplace where people want to work. Now, the thing is, once you hire somebody, right, being attractive doesn't end there, right? Being attractive means, right, that you're giving this employee opportunities, not an opportunity, but opportunities. Because if you're thinking big, you're thinking always, I'm expanding, I'm scaling, I'm growing, which means anybody who we hire that we like, right? will wind up staying with us over the long term. Now, why would they stay? Similar to why would we not want to let them go because of all the other reasons we have for, you know, having to compete with other companies to avoid. And I say the biggest issue 
right, with managers or business owners or leaders of organizations is just that. They don't know how to manage other people. Bottom line, most people are not good managers. The statistics bear that out. 90% of people who quit a job don't quit the job. Mm -hmm. They quit their boss. Yep. Right? And if 70% of the American workforce is not engaged in their work, it probably has more to do with the inability of their boss to engage them in their work. So you're saying, well, how do you engage somebody? How do you turn around somebody? Well, I'll share with you my magic three secrets. Okay. First one, find out what motivates your employer. Why do they show up to work? Why do they want to come in? Why do they want to do the job? Does that connect with your values? Does it connect with your culture? Does it connect with your mission? Right? Find out why they are here. Find out what it is that they want to do. What would success look like for them? Right? Learn about your people. Build a relationship. Right? Because if you don't have a relationship, it means you don't have trust. And if you don't have trust, then people are not going to be transparent and share. Yep. So, you want to be a good manager? Build a relationship with your employee. You have a shitty one? Fix it. That's the first thing. Second thing is, right? Performance, right? It's not something you measure once a year. It's something that you measure every day. It's something you measure every week. It's something you measure every month. And you have conversations around it. And you provide feedback. And you provide feed forward. And you coach your employees. You help fill in the gaps. You help them develop the tools and the skills they need to perform successfully. That's what you want from them, but they're not necessarily going to do it on their own. Right? So it's understanding the motivation. It's developing them. Right? And it's giving them an idea if they develop what's possible. Right? So it's making sure your employees have an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to develop. Because again, the research says the most important things for employees in a job is not money. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. And again, most employees don't manage thinking that's what I need to be doing with my employees. That makes so much sense. I mean, that is like mic drop after mic drop right there. I love what you just said. And it's all so, I'm just in here running over companies that I've worked for in the past going, that's why I didn't like them. That's why I didn't like them. And I think it is so important. And I, one of the reasons why, and I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before that I'm at VIP, I wasn't looking to make a change. I only went and interviewed with them because one of my friends had started working there and she's like, you've got to come check this place out and they want to meet you. And I'm like, fine, but I'm not doing a resume, you know, and I had, I haven't done a resume in a long time. I'm not going to say how long. So I went and interviewed with VIP and the first question they asked me, it, it wasn't, here's what we would like for you to do. They said, what do you want to do? And I laid out this crazy plan. They're like, come do it here. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then later I changed my mind and we had another conversation and they're like, okay, go do that too. And so that I think is, speaks volumes about a company. And that keeps me, that makes me excited to go back, go to work every single day because I know that I'm supported in whatever I want to do. And I'm allowed to pivot and change my mind and do all those things. And it's just, it's very rewarding. So yeah. And again, you have that experience of what a good company does. And it starts by asking you, what do you like? What do you want to do? Yep. What motivates you? What will make you happy? Well, you'd be amazed at how few people 
in my 16 years of coaching, when I ask my clients, how many bosses ask them what motivates them? And on average, my clients will have between eight and 15 bosses. Typically, wow. one will have asked that question. I'm kind of impressed you get one. A lot of times don't. But remember, if they're in a position where somebody's acknowledged their leadership, it's usually because they've had somebody who role modeled behavior. So they are where they are, right? Because they at least had one. Yeah. You know, and I'd like to add to that too, that, you know, simple recognition, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be a gift card or anything like that, but just saying, Hey, good job there goes a long ways too. I had a coaching client today and that's exactly the topic of conversation, right? And the missing link was, right, a boss who thought she was doing the recognition piece mm -hmm. and a direct report who was saying it was hitting, not hitting the mark, right? Again, courage. Share with people how you like to be recognized. Yeah. And if you're the employer, ask people, how do you want to be recognized? Because if you think you're recognizing somebody in a way and for them it's not recognition, you got a problem. Absolutely. It, communication is what I'm hearing. It goes a long ways, right? Open door policies. Right. Don't Open set yourself up. <laughs> so, Mark, you're not going to believe this. We are almost out of time. I mean, this has I'm gone done. by so quickly. And I just, I love everything that you've shared with our audience and just the fact that it's just, it's so relative. Just, just to happiness in general when you're talking about going to work. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you should never work a day in your life if you love what you do. So I think everything you said just resonated with that principle. So thank you for that. Um, but before we go, we have to ask you our three VIP questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think anything, much of anything gets, gets you excited, right? You're just like, let's roll. But hold on. Let me put on my thinking glasses just in case I got to do some serious thinking. Okay. Go for it. What have we got? <laughs> okay. So did you hear today that William Shatner went to space? Yes. And they said, yes. Did you see the slogan? No, I did not. So remember Star Trek, the, the slogan was to boldly go where no man has gone before. So the slogan today was to oldly go where no man has gone oldly before. Go. He's the oldest man to go to space. That's fantastic. And first that's awesome. of all, kudos to William. I know, but that leads me to my first what a dream. Question. What a dream. Yeah, what a dream come true 50, 60 years later, I want yeah. to say, right? That, yeah. that show ran in the, in the, in the, I think started in the late sixties, early seventies. So way to go, man, to be able to live that long experience, something that you are so well known for, even though you did all of your space journeys on a movie set. I know that's, I thought it was pretty incredible. So if you were chosen to be one of the first, uh, people to go to Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Um, I would take, uh, and again, this is hypothetical, but I'd take my Spotify because message because music makes the world go around. I'd take the entire set of Ted talk, you know, the library of Ted talks. Oh, good one. Okay. And I take with me the Dalai Lama and I take with the Dalai Lama because peace and tranquility. If I'm the only one on Mars, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my own head 
Yeah. Right. And I love to be with someone who actually knew how to do that successfully. I think part of my success has been I communicate well with other people. And if you're off to Mars and you don't have many people around you, right? You do a lot of talking in your head. And I'd love to learn mastery, right? Around that silence. Those three things. I, I want the same mastery around that silence. Cause let me tell you, I've got a monkey brain for sure. It doesn't ever shut up. Right. <laughs> and it's not nice sometimes too. So, <laughs> um, okay. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Well, one of the first things I do is I stretch because I know that physically, if I'm feeling better, right, mentally, emotionally, I'm going to be better. Um, the other thing is, you know, you wake up and how you dreamt, what you dreamt, whatever, you start thinking about things straight away, prevents you from going back to sleep. And it depends if I'm having really good thoughts, right, I'm grateful. And if I'm having really negative thoughts, I always ask myself the same thing. How could things be worse? Mm. And I go through a list of how things could be worse. No, right? I'm not in Yemen. I'm not a woman in Afghanistan, right? I'm not in the middle of the war in Ethiopia. I got things pretty damn well. And just by thinking how well I got things, right? I'm grateful. Mm. And it starts with that little bit of gratitude that helps me appreciate everything that I have and allows me to try and help other people appreciate the things they have and to help them see that they have more control over those things than they give themselves credit. Absolutely. And I love that. I, I start my day out with gratitude as well. So I always love to hear that other successful people are using that tactic as well. Okay. So for my final question, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? I would see it's my headline is he spent his life helping others so that they could help themselves and others achieve their goals. Love it. How do people find you? Uh, Mark Camrus on the internet. There's only one of me, but other than that, they can go to mcamrus at envisionconsulting.com or mcamrus at franchise, sorry, mcamras at envisionfranchise.com. Either way, or they can call me 760-230-2827. We'd love to hear from them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just have one last thing to say to you, Mark. You are a VIP. Casey. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.